So uh, tonight we've got a, a special podcast. Uh, we're actually going to, it's just going to be the boys tonight. We've got a couple of guests that we're going to uh, be able to showcase. And first of all, we've got a really important guest today. And um, we'll start off with intros to just uh, to just one right now that I'm kind of fond of. And it's my son, Brody. Hi. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Good. Good. You excited to be on here? Yes, sir. Good. Well, why don't you tell tell people a little bit about yourself? My name is Brody Field, and... How old are you? I'm 10. You're 10 and years old. And what, what, what grade are you going into? I'm going into fifth. Fifth grade? Yes, sir. What do you like to do for fun? Baseball. Cool. What else do you like to do? Since it's summertime, what, anything, any special things going on? Go over to friend's house and just hang out, I guess. Hang out, swim. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're about to go on vacation. Are you excited about that? Yes, sir. That's Where are y'all awesome. going? To Washington State or D.C.? State. State. Cool. Who are we going to go see? I honestly don't know. <laughs> what? Is it like Uncle something? Uncle John and Aunt Leslie? Yes. That. That. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's been going on in Brody's life. Uh, he actually accepted Jesus into his heart earlier this year. Yes, so that was, that was a cool thing, wasn't it? Yes, sir. So Very we, cool. We've been talking a lot about what it looks like to be a warrior for Christ. What do you think that looks like, Brody? Just believing in him through the hard and good. And if life's good and it's... You always need God still. That's right. You know if it's good? When it's good and it's bad. Yes, sir. You always seek him, huh? Mm-hmm. Cool. Any any last words before we get started? Is there anything you want to tell tell the audience or your fans? Not that I know of. Not that you know of. A man of few words on microphone, but... A man of many words <laughs> off the mic, off mic, <laughs> off microphone. Well, dude, we're we're super excited to have you. It's cool to get get you finally on here. You want, you've been wanting to do this for a long time, huh? Yes, sir. That's right. Well, cool. Love you, buddy. I'm glad you came on. Thank you. Awesome. Hey guys, it's Lisa Carter from the Marriage Unfiltered podcast. You've probably noticed we've taken a little bit of time off this summer, but with Father's Day just passing by, we wanted to hop on and release a special podcast all about uh, masculinity and spiritual leadership as a man. And so we had some very special men um, jump on and do a recording just for you and talked about this topic. We've had so many people ask for us to talk about leadership and what that looks like, and we just thought it'd be a really great time to release just a little summer special about masculinity and hopefully soon Alyssa and I will follow it up with our response to what they had to say. We think you guys will really enjoy the podcast with our special guests. So without further ado, here's the guys.
Hey guys, um, welcome back to the Marriage Unfiltered podcast. We have a sort of a different, unique episode today where we're going to go back and sort of walk through the masculine journey and uh, hopefully get some definitions of masculinity and hope you guys enjoy the podcast. But uh, we have uh, a couple guests on. We have uh, Dee Johnson, who is on the marriage team at Stonegate and uh, is married to Jen, and they have five, six, six kids combined, and uh, he's on. And then uh, my son-in-law, Bradley Seville, is on. Uh, Him and uh, Sam did an episode a few back about um, just mental health and anxiety and whatnot. So glad you guys are here and back. (laughs) Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. I was glad to have Dee come on, and so someone someone that actually has some uh, background in theology. There you go. Yeah, that'd be good. (laughs) All the bad theology that we have on the previous podcast, we actually have someone that knows a little bit about it, right? No doubt. I figured I got invited because uh, you needed an example of what not. Oh, no, dude. We've got plenty of those examples. (laughs) But uh, um, I'll pray real quick, and we'll get started. Let's do it. All right. Lord, just thank you so much for this evening. Um, Thank you for the brothers that you have put into my life, into Brian's life, into Bradley and Dee's life, and the locking shields that we've been able to do, Lord. I just thank you for that opportunity. I pray that uh, this podcast represents your thoughts, and hopefully we can have some laughs uh, with your sense of humor, but uh, just pray for um, some good, good conversation this evening. Show us your love. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. I guess I guess the first thing to do and Jeff kind of introed you a little bit but Dee why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are kind of your I guess your elevator elevator testimony yeah uh so uh, Dee Johnson um been married now my second time for seven getting ready to Roll up on six years. Sorry, I almost said seven. That's all right. Six years, and uh, we got six kids combined, um, and the last six years have been some of the biggest learning curves of my life, to be quite honest. That whole transition uh, into a blended family, and probably learned more in the last six years about parenting and fatherhood and manhood mm-hmm. than any other time, to be quite honest, mm. uh, in that journey. Cool. So. Very good. Yeah. And so you, you're, you're uh, actually, you're going to school right now to kind yeah. of finish. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm in my uh, biblical counseling master's program. I'm rolling up on the end of it, and then I'll start into a practicum uh, time and uh so i'm really excited it's been that that has rocked my world going through that because it's you feel like you're counseling yourself for the last yeah. two almost two years as you go through each class so has it already been, been almost two years almost yeah. two years yeah that's crazy that dude. crazy yeah uh, what um did you go to church sunday did you listen to yeah yeah y'all mm-hmm. sat right in front of us mm-hmm. um jay talked about how like he had lost you get like have to keep yeah, I, did, I didn't. Oh, okay, I'll I don't just... know if he. So there's a difference between if you're state. Oh, okay. Certified or in in the program I'm going into, it's a, a biblical uh, 
certification gotcha. through a okay. different gotcha. uh, uh, association. So I don't know if that's a state issued yeah. thing. I meant to. I was going to ask him about yeah. that same thing because yeah, because he's. I hate, said, to stu- I hate to do this. Over yeah, here. he said he started like in 2011 and then worked through it and then took a a short yeah, stint break off from it. and then came back and they're like, no, you have to start all over. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird, dude. And that may have been, and honestly, it may have been for the practicum hours. Okay, because I know from when I get done with my master's program, I have one year to complete the like 100 hours practicum okay. mm-hmm. so that may have been what gotcha. it was gotcha cool that's a lot of hours yeah yeah, yeah it is yep. so well dude i'm super excited to have you yeah and you too bradley yeah yeah thanks but- man i uh i'm excited to be here i'm excited to get to know all you guys some more hear about your stories so yeah i thought it was a good kind of uh a spectrum of walks because you know bradley and sam have been married the shortest period of time and they have uh, a a little baby boy jonah and they have another one on the way so Mm -hmm. different phases of life uh jeff and lisa actually just celebrated their 26th 26th wedding anniversary yeah february of next year we will have been together for 30 years older than that's incredible (laughs) congratulations Yeah, awesome. well, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> we had Sam when we were. Oh, that's so that's good. Fair. Yeah, I don't always think things out that. Far, that's right. so. That's good. Right. Did y'all go out? Y'all went out last night and celebrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, a little dinner, but we really had a good night together. Uh, we're we're in a good stage right now of really communication, and I mean, we're we continue to work, so I don't want to like. But uh, like, you know, like working out, like going to the gym, you know, you go in the the next morning and do those 50 pushups. It's, you know, I've been doing that for the last year. So it's actually pretty easy to do 50 pushups. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I personally do 15, but (laughs) um, anyway, just along that practice, we've been working hard and the fruit has uh, shown itself and our conflict. I mean, we still have conflicts, but it's been good conflicts. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's great. We had a great night last night. Good. Anyway, so a little bit about yourself bradley just yeah an update real quick a refresher yeah, you bet you bet um i am from wichita kansas born and raised in wichita kansas and uh, that is where i met my wife sam uh jeff's daughter um we got married in 2020 uh we got we met in 2018 uh at wichita state university and um yeah, been here for a few years. Um, you know, it's been a it's been an interesting journey after leaving Wichita. It's been a it's been a hard one. It's been a hard season. It's been um, definitely the opposite of a season of harvesting for a long time. Um, it's been waiting. Um, it's been kind of God working behind the scenes. I think um, you know, but just to kind of just a quick synopsis of it. Um, a lot of, but essentially the family that I grew up with, you know, for, um, really my, my whole life, um, kind of had a, a separation occur. Um, and that was hard in ways. Um, at the same time I was battling mental illness. Um, still am. I like to say that I'm, you know, probably 70, I don't know, 70, 80%. Um, recovered compared to where I was. And, um, 
you know, Sam and I have a lot of, you know, marriage kind of testimony and experiences around the whole mental health and illness uh, related stuff that you can hear about in the, our other previous podcast. Um, but, but today we're doing, you know, so much better. Sam's health is great because she also struggles with mental illness, but you know, it's kind of like we're on supplements now. We have this knowledge, so we were just more equipped uh, to deal with things. And our little one-and-a-half-year-old, he's just the sweetest boy. I mean, he's he's a one-and-a-half-year-old, so there's... Handful. There's, yeah, and, and, and that's normal, and it's fun and crazy and hard and all the things. And then, yeah, we're expecting our next boy next month, so... That's incredible. It's that too. The, yeah. the pregnancy seems, I know it probably hasn't seemed like it's gone by very quickly for you guys, but man, outside looking in, it's yeah. like, holy crap, you're already here. Yep. Today, today it kind of came, uh, the realization kind of hit a little bit. You look back and you're like, oh, it's been about eight months. Wow. Yeah. And we're here. That was a lot of time that passed and I didn't even realize. So good. Yes, sir. Well, awesome, man. Well, kind of the the theme of the podcast tonight and why I wanted this group of guys to get together is um, we're going to talk a little bit about, like Jeff said earlier, uh, biblical masculinity and what it kind of looks like to lead your family and be the spiritual leader of your home. And so what kind of brought all this to fruition is um, I was sitting we were, I was sitting at the kitchen table this past weekend and my mother-in-law came to me and she said, her, I mean, her heart is pure and, and it's good. And, and I love their tenacity and boldness and their faith. But her and another lady, they go to the mall um, every week and they just approach people and they ask them about um, their relationship with God. And if they don't know, then they speak to them about it and they try to answer questions and they give them a little track and kind of wow. lead them in the right, right direction. So there's a couple of guys that work the kiosk out there that she came across and she's like, Brian, I have a question for you. I'm like, and anytime she comes to me and asks me a question, I'm like, Oh no. Hot seat. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So she said that I'm walking with this guy. I've been talking to him a few times. He's a really charismatic guy and he asks a lot of questions, but he said that she said that he's young, he's in his twenties, he's newly married and um, he just doesn't know what it looks like to be the spiritual leader in the family. And his wife is a, I guess, a believer, and she is, I guess, I guess in the relationship they're unequally yoked. And I'm like, mm. I can probably talk to this because I know <laughs> from experience what that's like. But she was like, "What do you tell a guy that is active that like wants to be that spiritual leader but just doesn't know what it looks like?" Are you throwing that out there? Yeah, I'm throwing it oh, out okay. there. Oh, I was waiting to hear the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'll kind of chime in, but I'm just curious to hear, like, what do you guys think? Mm. And I'm I'm rolling up on 55 years old this year. Yeah. And I'm still working that out. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Seriously, that's that's how I feel. I'm still working that out. You know, because, you know, I went to Bible college in 93, graduated in 93. Six, I think it was, and um, you know, lead, thought I was leading my family. Honestly, thought I was doing all the right steps. Um, and here I am, six years, you know, six years, seven years ago, almost now, divorced. You know, 
Yeah. Didn't see that coming. And so, but as I look back retro on all of that experience, I've realized that I was working hard. I was putting in the effort with my kids and things, but honestly, I wasn't shepherding my home. Mm -hmm. I was shepherding everybody else's. I was pastoring all the other kids and people at church and pouring into them. And I just thought my family was, I guess they just catch it by example, learn by watching me, you know, and know that I love them and know that I'm <laughs> there for them. And, and, but somewhere along the line, I just wasn't investing, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's not hard, you know, it's, that's the, 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 the lie, the lie of the enemy. He wants to make you think, man, if you don't sit down for an hour every day and read your Bible and sit down an hour with your family and do this complex devotion time with them and all that, then you're not going to get anywhere with them and you might as well quit. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I can say con- fairly consistently, I'm not, I, I'll never say I'm 100% perfect at it, but fairly consistently I get up every morning at least through the weekday with my wife and, and I read to her the book of one chapter out of the book of Proverbs. Wow. And she craves it. Like if I miss a day or two or a week, whatever happens, life happens. And she's like, Mm. where are you at? Yeah. You know, Mm. I need that. That's awesome. You know, and it's, it's, it's just easy. It's not hard. It's just a little investment, you know, um, my, my, our youngest daughter, which is her biological daughter, um, you know, she can't go to bed unless I pray with her every night. I mean, she will literally hunt me up. Are you going to tuck me in? Mm-hmm. She's 12. Yeah. You know, are you going to tuck me in and pray with me? And and it's not, not a complex prayer. It's mm-hmm. just, hey, Lord, keep her safe that. tonight. Let her have sweet dreams. You know, just something yeah, to bring some comfort to her. Mm-hmm. And so it's just little things. It's it, The lie of the enemy wants to make us think we got to... Yeah, I'm, do all a these lot things. harder. You know, get up, take your family to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's so good. No, yeah, yeah. but you you are you're you're setting that bar, and you know, especially for your daughter, is you're showing her what the relationship looks like with the Lord, and when she uh, gets out of, of the house and she starts dating and and gets ready to hopefully be married. Then she she's going to have that expectation too, right? Yeah, I know. Thirty when she hits thirty and ready to get married, you know. <laughs> that's why I tell her all the yeah. time: you date when you're thirty. Well, right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, and I look back, man, I missed that with my kids. I didn't do it, I, and it's a. I regretfully tell the world that you know I'm sitting yeah. here saying, hey, I dropped that ball. Just little investments along the way. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I think. Man, um, what I'm thinking about now is the the way I perceived, you know, being your the leader of your house and being having you know biblical masculinity. Masculinity is such a is such you know. I mean, it is. It's a strong word. You know, you you hear that word and you want to make sure you're on the right side of it. Um, but I'm sitting here just thinking about what what actually is bad biblical masculinity and it it doesn't have anything to do with that stuff jesus got angry maybe twice 
and he never yelled at his disciples, you know, unless Satan, you know, get, you know, get back. Uh, who's he talk? Simon, Simon Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, get behind me, Satan, you know, and other than that, he's just, he's sacrificing. He's humble. He's loving, understand, you know, all the things that's just, that's biblical masculinity. And it's not about him, him or us doing it. So at the end of the day, we get to hear from our wives, dang, babe, you really had some great biblical masculinity. Man, I can't say the word biblical masculinity today. We're not, we, we don't need that. Yeah. You truly don't need that if you're seeking it properly. Yeah. And so it's just, to me, it was just sort of a weird epiphany that like, it's not really masculine the way we think of masculinity. It's really not masculine at all. It's very, um, it's definitely not passive. I don't want to go there. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that, but it is um, very, uh, just, I guess, just very secure. Yeah, and able to lead right. through your security. I guess. Well, you bring you bring up a good point because I think that the world's view of men in the church or men and that that are Christian men le- living lives uh, to pursue Jesus, like people automatically kind of stereotype those guys as kind of weak, passive Mm -hmm. uh, men. Yeah. And the enemy's done a really good job to make you think that's what biblical masculinity is. It's like, just go with the flow and don't cause any problems and and go to church on Sunday and do all the right things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice, uh, you know, sacrificial love. Uh, That's where I got mixed up. Girl, you know, Mm -hmm. I I got this idea that, well, to love my wife, I, I... I got to give in to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give in all the way around. And I, two things, you know, you were this whole masculinity, uh, you know, I think we were in a crisis in a way in, in our country, you know. Sure. When I grew up, my, you know, one of the role models, the icons of television for me uh, was John Wayne. Absolutely. I'm out, you know. Some people, are, you say that, and they're like, who's John Wayne? Yeah. yeah. But I'm telling you, when I grew up, it was John Wayne. And, you know, he was the man's man. He, you know, always, whether he was the good guy or the uh, the bad guy, even yeah. in some of his shows, he was the bad guy. Yeah, a little right. bit. And he was, every, everybody loved him. But I watched a documentary on him just recently where he said he he even couldn't live up to the stereotype that, that mm. image that yeah. he created on screen sure and mm. he struggled his whole life wow to stand in those same shoes wow. Wow. and so I, and then when you said you know about you know Jesus is our perfect example and yet you know when Lazarus when he dies and he goes to meet Lazarus and raise him out of the grave you know he he weeps yeah with Martha and Mary yeah. you know he weeps with them yeah. And so, but what do we, what have we told our kids that right. boys don't cry, get up, okay, yeah. you know, I'll give you something to cry about, you yeah, know, whatever, yeah. you know, rub some dirt on you it, you know, mm-hmm. come on. That's so. good. Yeah. It's always fascinated me that he, that Jesus was so deeply affected by that when he knew that moments later, mm. uh, he wasn't going to be in that position. Lazarus was going to be up and right. doing fine. So that emotional response is compassion. That That is. And I actually wrote something down that kind of ties directly to that. Um, It it says emotional strength and vulnerability. 
I said, the Bible affirms that men could be emotionally strong while expressing vulnerability. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I'm glad to boast about my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's my, that's yep. like my life verse, baby. Yeah. My. Oh, there you go. Yep. My that's awesome. <laughs> he's showing yeah, us his absolutely. tattoo that yeah. he's got of that. Yeah. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, I got it. Um, late high school. Just, yeah, related to my anxiety, you know. I feel like uh, anxiety and stress and any any of the ways that we can feel inadequate, um, we need to be constantly reminded that His grace steps in for us. Yeah. And uh, if it doesn't equip us to change our actions it'll cover us until we can get there so um i'd like to touch on your question though sure from a second ago i would love for you too too um (laughs) well that's what we're here for right that's right here we go um you know i for a long time i wasn't big into praying um i know i've always wanted that to be a thing for me you know it's something the characteristics that i knew you know uh man of God and <clears throat> you know, it would be a great thing to, to have and be. And so, you know, I had really started praying, uh, low key prayers, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, a few years ago. And it was like, I really wasn't praying a lot. I was in the midst of my mental illness and, uh, you know, I was just kind of like, God, just like, I need a miracle. Like, I'm just like, this is horrible. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. And, you know, sitting there and being like, I still feel horrible. And then the next month, I still feel horrible. Three months later, I still feel horrible. And then seeing how he has come through for me and for our family when things looked like that. And they looked like it, you know, it felt like there's, I have no idea, like, how this is going to get any better. Um and who knows if it will. I don't, I mean, but I prayed that prayer, you know, God, I need a miracle. And he's provided answer upon answer upon answer, guiding us each step of the way mm-hmm. to where, to where we are now. And so prayer, it just, it works, you know, um, I don't want to ever exclude circumstances where there's ongoing chronic illness um, there's some things that we just we just don't know. We don't have answers for, and that's another element of trust. You know, mm-hmm. trusting in God, hoping in God. That's something that we need to you know aspire for because there's going to be long seasons where we never have answers and we might never have an answer. But that doesn't mean there are things that we won't ever have answers for. So I guess it's a balance of hope, but also acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just the power of prayer, I guess. You know, so power of prayer is good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, initially when she came up and asked me that question, it just kind of sparked my testimony. Right. Cause that's mm-hmm. where we were in our marriage at that point. And we've, I've shared that a little bit. I don't think we've ever shared our full testimony on the podcast, but, um, you know, in the midst of our struggles, um, her dad was like you D like he set the bar for her. And so when we got married, that was her expectation is that I was going to lead and I wasn't. Um, and it, and it, I, I hate going back to my childhood and 
in the fact that I don't ever want to bring, you know, shine a, a, a negative light on my dad, but he didn't know. Um, right. And so my mom was, you know, kind of this, if you would call her that a spiritual leader, she was more of a, just a leader in general. And the fact that it was my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he was kind of that nice passive man. And so that's what I knew, like, just mm-hmm. be nice, but mm-hmm. never knew what a spiritual leader was. So when that was kind of put on my plate, like I just felt a ton of shame and guilt because I wasn't that. Right. Um, so I say all that because if, if you're talking to a guy who's like, how do I become that? I think, first of all, you got to quit comparing your, your walk with your wife's because that expectation, that, 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 that's not going to lead you into the position that God wants you to be in. He wants you to work on your relationship with him and his, him alone. Yeah, or comparing your walk with anyone else. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And so just working on, on your relationship seeking him in prayer and the prayer is god i don't know what i'm doing yeah and i don't i was so jealous of her her relationship that i just i was almost angry at at god why can't i have that Mm -hmm. so it was just me getting to the point of complete brokenness to be like god i i i need you i can't do this on my own that vulnerability yeah i think the enemy wants to keep us in that where where we're looking at everyone else whether it's our wife or, or our friends, oh well, look what he does. I, I, I can never be that. I can never, yeah. whatever you know. And mm-hmm. but but it's stepping. It, it's simply setting Christ, like mm-hmm. you said earlier. He he's our role model. He's our he's the only one that should be setting our bar for us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then stepping into our identity. You know, that's the one thing I'm really in the last. And I give my wife all the credit because if it was if it hadn't been for her I'd probably not be in church almost like literally it was I was in the lowest of my life after my divorce and so but she kept pushing me to just use the gifts that God gave you that's all she asked me to do you know step in and use your gifts I know you have them oh yeah and she just kept dragging me along, you know, which is fine, you know. Yeah, but yeah. but I but and as I stepped into those, okay, and now I started looking in the mirror and saying, Okay, what what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. And that's all you know, just working on those little things. Like I said, little steps. Yeah. Yeah. Each week. You know. Yeah. Where let's take a step back. Where um where do you feel your masculinity was shaped growing up? You'd mentioned John Wayne. Mm-hmm. My dad. Your dad. I mean, really, I, now I can't, I wouldn't say, like you were saying, Brian, my mom was the spiritual leader as far as she, she man, she was a warrior, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there was one. Um, and my dad was just a man, just worked hard, hunt, fish, <laughs> you know, st- took me out doing things like that just what i call man things you yeah. know um which now i don't know if I, I probably don't do that very well with my boys but but on the other hand i'm trying to lead them spiritually so you know but 
that's who, you know, TV, yeah. honestly. And when I was growing up, probably is a little different than now, you know, the, the, the way TV portrayed things, you know, I had good grief, the Marlboro man and, you know, all these <laughs> different commercials, they were portraying men as men, Yeah, you know, but not now. Yeah, when You no, watch TV, no. it's not that way now. No. Yeah. No, not at all. I think my dad uh, was and still is, I want to say, if not the top commercial real estate agent in Wichita, he's one of the top, I mean, two or three probably. And so that's a pretty high bar, I think, to set. And um, I think growing up, you can't help but set those expectations for yourself to have the same type mm-hmm. of success to the same degree. And so I think that I've been instilled with an insecurity related to you know, financial success, you know, that type of large, you know, just large scale type of, you know, work. Um, and, you know, my, just, just to have the mental capacity, the energy, the motivation to accomplish and pull off something like that just has been a, has been challenging for me. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say, um, you know, definitely that, um, that type of expectation, I've had to kind of just a lot of learning and, and, and redirecting back, just back to grace, back to my own gifts, you know, my own unique gifts, because everyone is different. Right. Um, and, um, Sam, my wife, she's been super great at reminding me that like, you know, you're not your dad, you know, you, you have unique gifts and, um, you know, when I'm tempted to try to base my worth on how I'm not living up to this image or idea of what I think I'm supposed to be or rather than just what, who I am right now, like this is who I am right now. And there's, you know, I can work towards things, but once you start praying, you pray about things, you work on things and things are what they are, then yeah, you, you accept that. Like this is where God has me. Right. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Um, I, I think of, I think my dad for sure, I have moments in my life that um, I feel shape me, that uh, interactions, the way that my my dad mainly, my parents responded to situations, um, what I saw out of other men. I remember seeing a good friend um, and they went through a, his parents went through a divorce and... Uh, he he just turned into a low life nothing just a low i mean just you know i don't okay that's that's actually really really harsh not a low life he lost all motivation to do anything and he, so he wasn't like you know asking for anything or anything like that or wanting to take advantage he was just this is done and i remember going to the apartment she kept the house and he moved into an apartment and just what i saw there and i was like oh man you know, and I felt, I realized now I have empathy being an eight. So I felt for my friend that that's, that's his dad. Um, but seeing a lot of Two-Face, you know, we grew up First Baptist and, you know, there's a lot of great people at all, at all churches. All churches do this, but for whatever reason, maybe just because I grew up in it, you know, First Baptist was a bunch of suits bunch of very professional very uh put on your best 
for Sunday. I mean, they called it your Sunday's best. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's yeah. not biblical. You know? Yeah, and we gotta we gotta put on a mask on Sunday. Anyway, so I saw all that, and I just remember, man, I've I just have a hard time with that. I can still be fake. I can still pose, but I had a really hard inner turmoil with that. All right. So next question: What are the maybe negative moments of masculinity you saw growing up and you can feel, yeah, I'm, I'm either not going to do that or that really hit me hard. And, you know, maybe there was some recovery that had to take place. That's a good question. Okay. I want to say ego pride, right? So I think, uh, Thinking that um, we're invincible, um, that the future is in our hands. Um, you know, this idea that we should just take the bull by the horns and make life happen, and um, that's the whole meaning and purpose of life. Yeah. When so you you when do you feel you realized that was that something that that seemed off at the beginning man this doesn't seem right or like you've come of age and you're like okay yeah whatever's going on with this i don't want to be any part of honestly um i think uh coming out of high school is honestly kind of when a large part of that transition occurred um prior to that point you know i mean that's the message you're constantly receiving is that um Life is all about building up, you know, your wealth and your your image, right, for everyone else to see. And so I think getting out of my senior year of high school is when that transition kind of started for me, that realization, you know, kind of that awakening cool. to all of just the super just um, misguided uh, ambition that we have yeah. with, with all that. Cool. Yeah. I don't think I saw it necessarily... Like- you know, I can I can refer to the same thing with my dad, just the passivity. But I think that the 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 main thing that I struggled with was the church itself, kind of like you said, is like just the legalism of doing following all the rules, hoping it's good enough, and then the judgment that came from it if if you messed up, there was no grace. Yeah. And so for me at that point in my life, kind of small town jock guy, like I thought, well, I'm never going to meet that standard. So might as well just twist off and do everything. That, the other one. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just freaking take in whatever I could that made me happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I spun off and man, for years I was completely against church. I was against you know, I thought they were just a bunch of hypocrites and um, just didn't didn't have any desire to to be a part of that because I didn't know. I didn't know what a relationship looked like. Oh, yeah. Man, we didn't have, growing up, um, I could say it, I, I went to a Methodist church most of my life. And so we, I can't even say that I had male role models in church. You know, I did in school. We had male teachers in school, which oh, I don't gonna, think yeah, you see point. much of that yeah. as much anymore, but uh, had some great coaches, you know. But as far as church, I ha- that's, pri- as well, that's probably my negative is there was no male 
image that said, "Hey, this is this is what a godly Christian man." You know, I can't wait we, to grow up to be yeah, that. Yeah, we lived <laughs> in a right. farm community. Most of the farmers mm-hmm. were in the fields on the weekends. Yeah. You know, they worked fields all the time, and you know, and even my dad, you know, he showed me how to work, and that's probably was my downfall. And he'll tell me now, he's like, you work 10 times harder than I ever did. And, wow. I, and for him How to say that? that, I'm like, that's, cool. that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, that's, he worked all the time. That's you a know? huge compliment. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. But it's at the same time, it's a negative because I feel like that's may yeah. have been where I missed, missed yeah. mm-hmm. investing at home, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I was working like I, mm. I did, I was whatever I could do to take care of the family. And uh, so there was some negative, even though it was a positive watching my dad do that and taught me hard work, it was, you know, might've been a negative at the same time that uh, I failed to invest at home because, you know, we, we, we would coon hunt, which was a night hunting activity because my dad was working all day, you know, (laughs) so we would hunt all night or whatever. And so, um, but at church, there just wasn't that. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, though? So all of the life experience that we have sitting at this table, none of us can say, hey, there, I had this, this positive Christian male role model that was in my life, or I, not, not necessarily in my life, but I saw mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I got, yeah, it was, it was seldom. I can recall uh, a couple, but yeah, with, when it comes to, you know, you would think we have the book. We have the instruction manual yeah. of what masculinity should look like, mm-hmm. and you, we, we, us, ten of us could stand up, and five of us feel that we're God fearing, church going, and there could be five secular men walk in, and who's the best leaders? You could probably just go back and forth. Mm-hmm. There, we we've got the book on how to do it, and yet we cannot do it. Yeah, yeah. we still just subside. To well, just culture. I. I I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but one of the things that I've talked to a bunch of guys about lately, kind of my late, latest struggle is just kind of a, just struggling with fathering Brody well, you know? And Eric Kuntz talked about it at the last SoCon. He said, you know, he heard on a podcast a guy that was uh, kind of doing the same thing that Dee's doing is counseling uh, people. And he said something pretty profound he's like brian the bar is very low when it comes to that which is sad but we have all these expectations that we put on ourselves that god never put on us the only thing that god ever expected us to do is to follow him yeah glorify him yeah but but it's 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 just crazy man it's it's Mm. like it it makes me realize who who do i want to be and how do I want people to to remember me or think of me? Yeah, I I think you know I I, uh, I think we're as men. I think we battle this from the very beginning. You know, Adam instead of Lee, he he was given all the guidelines. I mean, the book. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you. You know, don't eat from that tree. And then when it comes down to it, he, he doesn't step up and stop his wife. He doesn't tell her, no, I'm not going to eat that. No, God said no. He became passive at that moment. And I think we battle that same DNA because we won't step in. And then what's he do? 
he hides from God. Yep. And what, so what do we do? We put on our masks. We hide all the time. Yes. We're, we're we always shame. You know, we we feel like we can't meet up to God's standards, so we try. We we just don't even try sometimes. And I don't think God expects that much out of us. It's not that hard. <laughs> but it's. Uh, but man, I tell you, I, I you know I I walk in discouragement a lot from yeah, yeah. feeling like I missed it. I messed up again. I didn't do this or. Failed my wife or failed my kids or, I mean, our expectations are high on us. Yeah. Isn't that so true though? I mean, I feel that already with Jonah a lot. And honestly, this next one already, I'm like, am I supposed to be talking to him and rubbing her belly right now? Like, I didn't even think about that. And oh, now yeah. she's almost here and I... Yeah, it's too late. I missed Sorry, all you these missed months it. and I... Right? And it's He's like... He's not going to know my voice. Yeah. yeah. So you go down that path and you're like, okay, like... I want to be I want to be the best father I can be but it's like to what extent like there's no bar really right which I find difficult cuz I like it when there's a bar that I can hit and that's not good but yeah. I think I think we can um we can easily our, our life is full of moments missed and we can um we can live in those and and worry about those, or we can just know the impact that was made, and um, be able to trust in God with that. And, that, and that's a, just a constant struggle. I, you know, what I was just thinking about just a minute ago when it comes to masculinity is how how great a day in all ways I can succeed. I can succeed spiritually. I can succeed in business. I can be a positive influence on somebody maybe I don't know in my life or something. And I come home and my wife says two words that I somehow take cross and I'm a mm-hmm. failure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she didn't even yeah. mean them that way. Oh yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But yep. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I just that get look slapped. of disappointment. Yeah. Or even the look. Wipe out the whole day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. so we have done a poor job of, of putting the priorities, you know, and, and being able to turn to God Adam made his turn to Eve. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. Adam Adam is like he got to heaven. This is a side note and this is this is a joke. But God's like, Adam, you are going to apologize to every single person that you meet today. You know? <laughs> First thing you see when you get when you die and go to heaven is Adam, man, I'm so sorry, dude. dude. I'm sorry to put you through all dude, that. It's <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. This is a good question that I wrote down was uh, what biblical principles can guide husbands in making important decisions for their family's spiritual well-being? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go with uh, John 15. Yeah, Bradley. <laughs> I'll go with John 15. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Uh, if a man remains in me and I in him, he can bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. So John 15 is a very convicting chapter. It's convicting in love. It's giving you the, the, the blueprint. So for sure, um, finding masculinity there for and me. One of, my, one of my favorite passages is uh, when Jesus is washing the feet of the oh, disciples yeah. and, and uh, showing that putting himself in a, the place of servant, which is what? If we're serving our home, 
you know, and, and the, the most beautiful part of that is he's, he washed Judas's feet too, you know? So I always think of that when, you know, when things are just all hell's breaking loose at the house, I still need to serve. Yeah. You know, not that my wife's my enemy, but, you know, but, but I need to serve her even in our trials, even in our struggles. And I just, you know, the bar is Jesus, you know, the standard is Christ. And, and, um, we just have to, to, you know, if you really want to know, just read everything about him. Yeah. Yeah. Look at his life. Look at, you know, and it. Really, we're looking at three years, not the whole life, because he, you know, we don't get a whole lot about him early yep. on. So it's sacrificial, servanthood, compassion. He he took charge when he needed to, yeah. and turned over the tables, and ran people out of his father's house. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was always. Love driven. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. it. It's all about love. It's yeah. unconditional mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, um, I think starting, going back to, not to beat a dead horse, but just starting, I feel like starting everything with prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I feel like we're constantly reminded of that. You know, I mean, when we, you come into sometimes of, you know, trying to make things work and, you know, trying to be the great husband and father. And then you realize that you're kind of not abiding in love and grace. Like you need to, to really have the, the strength and the knowledge and yeah, just the necessary equipedness. So I guess, um, yeah. yeah, that's good. I think it, in 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 our testimony, I think that you know we were so broken in our marriage, and so if you're telling someone like this guy that Alyssa's mom's talking to at the at the at oh, the yeah. mall, yeah. like how do you lead your family? Well, first you gotta you you can't get someone to follow you if they don't trust you, right? So you've got to earn that trust. Mm-hmm. And so how do you earn that trust? It's not by the things or the words that we say. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of times when we're walking with other guys that are struggling in their marriage, they've said the same things over and over and over, and then they haven't changed any of their, their uh, actions or their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're going to lead your family well, you've got to earn the trust and you earn the trust by loving them unconditionally and being the man that not that you're say that you say you are, but being the man that you are day in and day out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've said that to my wife many times that she'll tell me, uh, you know, where I might have dropped the ball or whatever, and I'm like, I'm working on it. She says, Well, I'm not seeing it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but I, I, I am, I'm working hard at getting better and doing better and, and leading better. And, 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 um, she just, she gets frustrated and I'm frustrated at it too, because I feel like I'm trying. And then I, I think to myself, well, I'm, 
I am nowhere near the man I think I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> based on what you just told me, I am not yeah. doing well at all. But if we say we're doing it good, if we say it enough, maybe we yeah, start believing it ourselves, it. but we're not yeah. showing it in our actions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. definitely, you know, she'll say, well, don't tell me you're sorry again unless you're going to follow it with a change. That's cool. Yeah. How yeah. many times can you keep saying you're sorry yeah. with no change? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that's the thing in, in, in our walk is like I've I felt like I've built a trust and and, and recently in the last what was it a couple of years ago I I, I, I lost that trust right. because of my sinful It's already been self. two years. Yeah. That's crazy. And so I lost that trust and had to build it up mm. all over again. But I and I and you would have to ask Alyssa this now, but if I say something and and like I'm leading the family and like this is what we need to do, she knows a that I'm pursuing Jesus in my life, and two, she she can trust me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she, and she'll follow that. Yeah, we can't it's, we can't be bullies about it. Hey, no, well, I'm the man of the yeah. home, and this is how it's going to be, and I'm putting my foot down. You know, we may joke about that at home sometimes, but. Um, like you say, and we, we have to, if they know you're with Jesus daily, they know you're in prayer, they know you're in your word, they know you're seeking his heart first and the, and for the heart of the family, then they're, oh, yeah. you don't yeah, have I to think, ask, you don't have to ask or demand yes, to be the leader, totally yep. right. but it's, they're it, just going to follow. It yeah. can't be the. Hey babe, I'm in my word. I'm in the word all the time, mm-hmm. so you should you should follow me. Right. It's mm-hmm. if you're in the word and you're pursuing Jesus, then that yeah. changes you. They're that changes the yeah. way you act. That changes yeah. the things that you yeah. do. That's yeah, yeah. they're going to see they it. see that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So. you can't be with Jesus and not look different. You know, Moses came down off the mountain and he was glowing and the people knew. They didn't even have to see it happen. They knew He'd been yeah. with Jesus that's or so with good. God, you know? Yeah. And so that's how we need to be. When we come out of our prayer time or our closet or wherever we're reading or however, wherever we're spending our time with the Lord, people need to see that yeah. in our hearts. And, I, you know, I've in our marriage group this past year, you know, my wife dealing with uh, breast cancer, and, and I got in a really kind of a bad place for a while where I was just shutting down spiritually, mentally, uh, and it, and took somebody in in our marriage group. Uh, we were hanging out one day, and they said, "You know what? I'm I've been scared of you. Like this, I, you, you don't seem very friendly." And and I was like, "Well, that's not what I want to show. I want people to when they see me, I want them to see Jesus." So I'm like, "Well, I got to step back and regroup here." Because that's, and so I've been working on that in my own life is I want people to see Jesus, especially my family, but it's awesome. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and that, that short, I mean, not, not a short, a short stint of time. Like you guys really went through it (laughs) and, and, uh, it, it, I can't imagine having to do that, but it did like I can now versus four, four months ago, you're completely different guy. But it didn't happen by accident. Like I had to step into it. Yeah, you had to do the. I work. had to do the work right. to get out yeah. of that hole. It's yeah. just like after my divorce, uh, I was in a, another hole. You know, I, was, I felt like Joseph all over again. I'm down in this 
hole and waiting, hoping to be saved. But you know, I, I wasn't coming out. I was, I was getting real comfortable down in there. Yeah. Mm. And my daughter said, Dad, came to me one day and said, Dad. You said we could always tell you whatever we needed to. And I said, yeah. She said, I need my dad back. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, you used to talk about clawing and scratching the sides of your pit trying to get out. Yeah, That's when yeah. I started climbing out. But you, you have to have a heart of humility to Absolutely. do that. Because if somebody comes up to you and says, D, I'm scared of you. Like you can take that a lot of different ways. You can either put up the old guard and start fighting back, or you can say, you know what? And you can, and respond like you did is like, that's not who I want to be. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And move forward. But yeah, there, that's where pride and humility. Uh, I was a slap in the face. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. No, that's at the moment that so they good. said that to me. Yeah. Humility is such a powerful, I've just seen it be so powerful in my life and in some of the couples that we walk with the how contagious it is if you were if you can be humble and present humility it will be turned back on you probably not right away you know if you haven't been humble much in your life they may say all right what's going on you're weird why are you doing this but in a, in a minute it can it can turn and it is very it is contagious within the household has been for us you, you, Jeff, have a good heart in the fact that, like, you, I think you display humility a lot. Like, you can be super kind of challenging, and and uh, and people that don't know your heart, it can come across as abrasive. But also, you have the heart of humility if someone came to you and said, Jeff, I think that you're wrong. You don't ever, you know, bite back. You're, up, like, yeah. you're willing to listen to what the person has to say and, and take it to heart and, yeah. and, uh, I, I love that about you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I um, In going through my stuff in 2014, one of the convictions that I had when it, like seeking the right answer, whatever that is, seeking the right answer, if you misinform yourself on getting to the right answer, it's going to take a lot longer to find that right answer. Mm-hmm. And that right answer is always going to be the same. So if I can just present me as best as I can, we will get to the conclusion as quick as we can. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm right, you're right, or it's not about right or wrong, it's just about relationship. If we can just present that, and humility has a lot to do with it. Humility was a byproduct of that. She can't just, I mean, I guess you could somehow be some evil genius and <laughs> manipulate your way through a lot of things, but uh, um, you, I guess you know you're doing that, and that's your own fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think to incorporate into humility, uh, just considering, uh, you know, who's who's getting the credit, you know, for all the good things in your life, and I think uh, ultimate <laughs> at least once a podcast, um, you know, ultimate uh, provision. You know, who does that come from? Provision of, you know, not just money, you know. But, uh, you know, the provider of our, our faith, you know, and our obedience. You know, the Bible says you ask for faith and you receive faith. It's not ours, you know. Yeah. And obedience as well, you know. Um, it's not ours. And so at the end of the day, 
he's the one bringing everything to the table. And if that doesn't give us humility, like, I mean, yeah. I don't know what yeah. will. Yeah, absolutely. That's big. Yeah. Cause we could so easily take credit for the things that we do good. Mm. And, uh, we're doing, we're doing stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're acting, we're working, but who's giving you the job? Who's giving you the skills to do the job? Who's putting the people in the right place? You know, right. All yeah. these different things. It's true. I think that's good. Y'all want another question? Oh yeah. <laughs> go to the next question. Yeah. It looks like you have a lot of questions, so I do. I I, we'll I've got a lot just to, in case we uh, ever hit that dull moment. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff that I just, I, I, I wrote down that I thought that would be good talking points. Um, but one thing that I, I thought would, would, would be good for listeners and us too is how do how do we encourage our wives to, um, to, to use their spiritual gifts and talents mm-hmm. uh, in the family and the church? How do how do we encourage them well? Because mm-hmm. that's part of leading yeah. too, right? Oh, it's absolutely. absolutely, yeah. That's probably a primary job, not only with our wives but our kids. You know, obviously championing that and being verbal about um, what Lisa is able to do and what she has done and, you know, being able to feed her confidence, Mm, confidence. not her her ego, but feed her confidence that, um, you know, she's a, she is a mountain mover. I mean, she gets, she gets things done. (laughs) She just, she's got uh, forethought and, 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 uh, good, um, uh, premonition and insight and, but, you know, we're all human, and so we fall short, and she challenges, or she questions herself sometimes, and just to be there to um, let her vent or just help her get back on the right path through encouragement, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah, I would, I would agree 100%. Uh, speaking into encouraging, you know, speaking life. As Proverbs would say, speak life and, and not death over your wife. And because, uh, you know, I think that, you know, men privately in our heads sometimes, I think we think, oh, I'm a good guy. I'm not that bad. I'm, you know, I'm whatever. We're, we're building ourselves up in a way mentally in our quiet places in our heads. Totally. And, and I think it's quite the opposite for a wife. I think in their heads they're tearing down. Oh, I look bad. I look fat. I look this. I look that. You know, what about this? And, you know, I'm, I'm, and and they need encouragement. And I know my wife is needs it every day. Yeah. And I probably don't do a good job, honestly. When I at the end of the day, I probably fail her at that. I'm sure if 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 she was, and she's pretty honest with me about things. If I was to ask her, because. It's something. It takes work to to slow down. She tells me that all the time. Slow down, you know, and speak life um, over them. And I don't feel like I tell her. I don't think I speak negative negativity over. But I probably fail to actually speak the life part. Mm, yeah, and I think they need that. And so, and and the other thing is, again, leading by example. If you're not using them. You're not doing the things, then how can you ever 
encourage mm-hmm. someone else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. it's the do, do as I say, yeah, not, not as, as I, I do. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, good. you know, when you, I look at my, you know, you say, well, father and Brody or whatever, you know, same thing. It's just leading by example and, and being absolutely. in the trenches with your wife or yeah. with whoever, you know, that's good. Well, I think that's what kind of, uh, well, that's what right validates what you have to say to her about, you know, speaking into her uh, her spiritual life as if your own spiritual life is doing well. And so, yeah, if things are out of order in that regard, get them in order. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then um, you can actually bring some really great things to yeah, the table. Yeah, that's a good point, Bradley. It's like if you're not... If you're not working on yourself, how can you um, speak that over her? Because it, it, it's kind of like a, like we talked about. It's just actions, not words. But I think I think one thing that's really important in that all of this is communication. Mm-hmm. Is knowing how your wife likes to be affirmed, you know, yeah, or yeah, encouraged. Right. And yeah. we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Is just. What are her What are her love languages? Because, um, you know, what I speak over Alyssa um, is different from what you should speak over mm, Lisa, absolutely. just because of their absolutely. different personalities right. and whatnot. But in our in our marriage, and just like y'all's too, it's like just affirming her and what she's doing well, making sure that you see her and validate her Definitely. of the. In the, in the things that she's doing because yeah, the small things, yeah, the big things. It's easy to to you know encourage them when if they do some great sure. thing. Yeah, sure. hey, wow, babe, that was great. You really pulled that off. But hey, how about just a simple dinner tonight? You know, yeah. or just hey, you got up went to work today. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you helped out around the house, whatever. That's you right. took care of the kids. Today. I really appreciate that. You said you said it. It's like you know, Lisa is is words of affirmations, and so that's what. So I could if I went to Alyssa, like I t- I affirm Melissa all the time. <laughs> Baby, you're the most you're the prettiest woman in the world. And I don't say that to be just. Flip it, like yeah. I, I truly mean yeah, it, but it doesn't mean, mean much to her because right. that's not her love language. But if I'm like, "Hey, babe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go, you you go do your nails, and I'm gonna clean the house, take oh out the trash, goodness. I'm gonna awesome. get the kids fed, I'm gonna make the bed and clean the closet and organize my crap and pick it up off." Like she would just be Snap. like, she'd be waiting for me in bed when I got home. Oh, not at my yeah. house. Yeah, my wife would be like. I expect you to do something. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Well, I mean, then, it's crazy. Then her love language it, is not. Is she it, does want encouraging words. She does. Yeah. You know, I could clean. I'm telling you, I help her. I'm, I'm a helper. You know, like I said, I like to serve. I, yeah. No matter where I'm at. And so I could clean the house every day of the week, and she'd be like, "Well, Good we job. both work." <laughs> the, the, yeah. Her love language you. is not acts of service. No, no, mm. not at all. Yeah. And it's we've. It took me. Several years of pain. Yeah, I'm like, why am I cleaning every day? It's not getting me <laughs> <Yeah>. anywhere. <laughs> you bro, know, bro, I still struggle with and it. And it changes. Today. I mean, Lisa's was act of acts of service and has changed to words. And I wonder if it's just part of her discovery of the enneagram and who she is. You know, with her personality, if that's helped shape her idea of of what her love language is, Pro- probably has. I would think it would have. Probably also too. It's uh, seasons of life. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, you, absolutely. You change. Yeah, you change. Well, if I can also say, um, you know, us as men, we like to figure a way to do things, 
and then we don't have to think about it again. It's figured mm-hmm. out, right? And so if her thing is physical touch, it's a back scratch. It's a back rub, right? And then we're, we're good to go. We're on the right track. But they know that. They know that. They don't want us in that space, that auto autonomous, you know, they're not. You're being a robot. I don't really need to show up if I just have this figured out, right? And so they want me to be present each time. And so I think that that can dis- disable the effectiveness of physical touch at that That's point because right. I'm just like relying on what, you know, just, and, and not entirely, but you, you can probably yeah, know yeah, what absolutely. I mean. I mean, yeah, yep. so. Yeah, we can get in a pattern. Of things. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. And then wake up five years later. <laughs> like, right. what have I been doing? No doubt. Yep. But. No, it's an intentionality is a, I, I can speak to that, you know, um, just based on, like you say, I, I, for 23 years of my first marriage, I was in a pattern. That's what I did the same stuff, did, you know, whatever. Um, in this go round, I'm intentional, mm-hmm. and and so is my wife. She's we're both very intentional on making it work and doing things the right way. And you know, I open the car door. I'm telling you, ninety nine percent of the time, I I open the car door for her. Cool. That's, Didn't do that for the so first go round. That's just simple things. It's not hard, but we get so lazy. We're lazy. That's what I was going to say. We're naturally lazy. Yeah. It's, you know. um, We're we're hunter-gatherers. We've we've done hunting. (laughs) I ain't done any hunting in my life. Paydays. You know, we we work for a paycheck. And an Mm -hmm. expectation, hey, that's not being met, so I'm going to lay down and not do what I'm supposed to. And, and, you know, we're, regardless of what our spouses do, we as men have a role and a responsibility to lead and be the caretakers, the shepherds, the lovers, the leaders, you know, and we can't point fingers. And forever I was a finger pointer. Yeah. Uh, She should really be thankful for me. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. And, you know, now I'm, I'm more of a looking in the mirror kind of guy. Yeah. That's cool. Like, I got to, I want to see what they're seeing. Yeah. That's good. It's not always pretty. At the end of the day, it's, I feel like it's been interesting to see how, how little they care about your actions compared to um, our having a secure identity apart from them. You know, they need to be able to mm. be upset with us and us be good. Right. Yes, I think absolutely. more than, I don't know if I can say more than anything, but I feel like maybe more than a lot of things. I mean, I feel like that does for them a lot more than us just doing things a certain yeah, way. Because, right. yeah, because just doing things, that can be seeking, mm-hmm. validation seeking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife and I talked about that just the other night. Um, that, you know, we... She just wants me to lead. Like, and I say, well, do you really? I mean, because, you know, I say, let's go here to eat or let's do this. No, no, you know, but they do. They want us to plan a trip to, to act interested in the marriage. And that, so if you want to 
you know, just lead, step up and do some things. That's what they really, they desire that. They want to know that uh, you're fighting for the marriage, you're fighting for them, you're you're willing to plan a date night, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and hey, this is advice. This isn't saying I did it right. <laughs> but, I, but I'm, you know, I'm thankful for a wife who's willing to tell me stuff in a way that I can receive it, you know, because I've heard this stuff my first marriage and I should have heard it clearer. But in my second marriage, my wife tells me the same things I've heard before and I'm like, Oh shoot! I gotta look in the mirror a minute, and maybe I am part of the problem and and part of the solution. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they just want us to lead it, it, simple things. Yeah, you isn't know? it? It's interesting how like it's not um, hard to do, like you said, but it's knowing and just learning and just yeah. like I feel like that's what I pray for. Is just like may we know and may we learn. Um, about our wife and about, yeah, we just, you know, males and females, they're different. They think differently. And if we can just learn about how they think and, and work, things can just, they can, they can work smoothly. Uh, but it's a matter of, I think getting the right, yeah, knowledge and, um, yeah, hearing testimony and experience from others. And it doesn't have to be this, eternal struggle by any means I think definitely there's so much knowledge that can uh, equip you to have just a really great um, marriage and yeah definitely yeah that's a good prayer yeah. God, yeah. God show me who my wife is allow me to know her like you want me to mm-hmm. and 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 how she needs to be known mm-hmm. well and we I don't, we did it I think it was on the podcast but you know in any situation lord tell me what i need to know and lord please tell me what i need to do yeah yes yeah. that's and cool that's that's it yeah um if that that can be those two questions to god if answered properly can get you to you know handle just about anything you know coming coming back to your mother-in-law and her question i think and the, the Sitting here makes me think about this, and then the the men's group that y'all do, uh, SoulCon. Um, I think one of the pieces of advice I would give young guys, especially because I didn't have this, is finding some mentors, mm-hmm. some accountability group, some some other men, because we we can learn it the hard way, going through life you know, hitting all the bumps in the road and getting back on course. Or we can get with some men who've already journeyed down that road a little bit and listen to them. They may not have the right, all the answers, but they're willing to to offer some. But you got to find good godly men. Yeah. Because yeah. there's plenty of men out there that will give you some advice. Yeah. Sure. You know. Yeah. But find some good godly men or a good godly group of men yeah. that can can walk alongside you. And I would probably mm. offer that piece of advice to that young man. Is yeah. Find you, so a, find you a group to connect with that can help you work through an answer, a question, you know, Hey, how do I lead my wife today? Hey, how do I start a praying? How do I read yeah. through the Bible? How, you know, anything. And so if you get some guys around you surrounded 
that can walk you through that, I think it's real critical. That's yeah. The, yeah. that's it, man. And Absolutely. That's, that's been my biggest, every time we meet with people or we're doing marriage night or we're doing a retreat or something, that's, that's I, I, people probably get tired of hearing me say that is community. Yep. Mm-hmm. If, if I didn't have this group of guys to walk with, there's no way I could, no. I could do it. Like I, I, I feel like my relationship with God is good, but it's there's times of time that that I'm super intimate in relationship, and there's times where I feel like I'm in desert, and I'm like, yeah. God, are you even there? Yeah. Right. But it's those guys that continue to encourage me and hold me accountable yeah. during those times where I'm struggling. Yeah, right. And Absolutely. if I did, if I did not have that, man, and it, you know the the challenge for me to men listening is, yeah, man, I've I've got. I've, I need to get that. I need to get and be able to lock shields with men. And you get up this next morning and you just drive to work, do your normal routine, and maybe you pray, Lord, put men in my life. And you're just driving home. You stay in your routine. You don't do anything different. You don't really act any different. You just have these five words that you say every day to God. God, help me find men. It's, you know, it's probably not. He, he, he This isn't biblical. This is just Jeff, but he's probably not going to honor that prayer. He, dude, this isn't what it's about, man. This isn't fitting your life into, or my world into your life. This is yeah. you, you know, God talking to him. This is you changing your life for me. And it doesn't need to be this 180 radical thing, but it's probably a little bit more than just sitting there eating your cereal in the morning thinking, God, put men in my life and not doing yeah. anything about it. Yeah, and sometimes you got to look, actually accept the ones that he puts in. Yeah, and that's true too. Sometimes yeah. we look at it and say, oh, man, I really don't like that guy. <laughs> D- that's not the guy. Really, God? Seriously, do I got to hang out with them? <laughs> really, Lord? No, but... Yeah. Because but, he, you may be... You, you may not be the one that he needs... Me, you, that you need minister to. Maybe he's wanting yeah, you to pour exactly, out. Yes. Or, you know, it may be a vice versa, but yeah. but sometimes it's... You know, he's going to put some people yeah. in your life that you, that you might not... Learn something from. Yeah, yeah, that's good. He tells us to be strong and courageous, mm-hmm. and that courageous part is what what men are lacking, and and especially seeking a relationship with other men. It's not natural, and it's it it take we're as men being prideful as we are, we're not willing to be vulnerable and transparent to reach out to a man to say, hey, dude. I know you're struggling with the same things I am. Let's do this. Let's walk this together yeah. and 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 uh, lock shields. That's right. That's good. You know, I think that there's. Um, I don't want to be the pessimistic on any of this. No, um, and I don't think it'll turn out that way. But we'll see what happens. But anyway, um, I feel like there are people. I know that there are people that experience things in life that. Uh, I'll, the majority don't get to experience and understand for themselves. So there's this, there's this degree of misunderstanding that I think can be painful for them to, when entering a community um, or being encouraged to enter a community, right? They don't, you know, I feel like it, it makes it, it makes it more difficult. I, I, I think, you know, when it comes to, for some examples, I think trauma, you know, you know, loss, of various kinds. Um, I know that that's something, honestly, I've personally struggled with. I've been out of community more than I know I want, right? Um, 
because of how I've wrestled with, you know, I'm going to talk about mental illness more because that's just my, that's my story. And I know yeah. there's people that struggle with it out there. Um, and it's kind of makes it, you know, it's a unique thing, I guess a little bit. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to bring to the table. Um, I think, uh, I know there's people that struggle with it. that don't talk about it. I also know that there's, it's not brought up because it's not experienced also. Um, but when it's happening, I think when it's happening to the degree that it's like, I can't even process my relationship with God really at all right now. Um, and that goes on for weeks at a time. It's like, it gets to the point where it's, you know, you know, they're saying that I'm able to get my word and do these things and none of it is clicking. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not. And so I can't just show up and be honest about that and be receiving the benefits, right. That ever I see everyone else receiving at that time until, you know, for me, it was getting some things in order and talking to God and it's him and me, right. Working these things out and my wife and, you know, very personal and intimate in this, working through these things. But I think mental illness is one example of that. And I think there's other examples of things that, um, that it's not widely understood. So yeah, just kind of making it, yeah, just, just acknowledging those people out there, I guess. Sure. And, uh, you know, I have a heart for working, um, toward everyone being understood in their intimate personal experiences and walks that they've experienced in their lives and yeah. uh, people have unique stories right and, absolutely uh, so no that's good that, that's a good point to bring up is is you know being able to um toe that line of you know a good a good honest challenge to any one person but then not wanting to you know feel that we're want you know that we're trying to leave anybody out through that challenge also and then that, that it's very good to bring up I will, as y'all know, always be on the flip side of the coin of, of, hey, let's, you know, pull up our bootstraps and let's get to work. Mm -hmm. And because I am definitely ignorant to that side of things. I didn't have that growing up. Um, And maybe I'm just very well could be just have a complete blanket over it in my entire mind. And I've just never uncovered it, you know, because I don't want to be vulnerable enough to, to see any of that. And I just push through. No, and and I'm kind of on the same page as Jeff. Is like I haven't experienced it, so I I don't understand it. But two, what is the challenge with like your struggles with mental illness and anxiety? At what point do you you have to step out of that? In, I guess faith, and also challenging yourself to be like we you can't continue to isolate because you're struggling with something Mm -hmm. you've got to put yourself out there and be in a position of like god this is hard for me i'm struggling with anxiety but i know that i need men in my life and you have to because i'm kind of walking with it with 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 a couple of guys is like i know that makes you anxious but how 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 is god I don't want to say yeah. that. Like, how do, how do You're you... You're not wrong. Like, yeah. like, how do you challenge someone to say, okay, dude, that's it's okay to struggle, but you still have to be strong. You mm-hmm. still have to challenge yourself. You still have to um, step into mm-hmm. challenge, I guess. I don't Absolutely. know if I'm saying I that. I think it's... Not. No, no, that's so good. And I, there's... You know, they refer to that a little bit 
to get scientific about it, I guess. Um, and something called CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's you doing the things and doing the right things and the good things. And eventually you grow accustomed to those things and you adapt and you're reaping the benefits of the things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, CBT, it doesn't work for all cases. Um, um, when, you know, okay. So to get into the biological, you know, brain chemistry side of things, right. The example that I've, I, th I think the Lord's just kind of given me, you know, a couple months ago, take, you know, Alzheimer's, for example, I think it's safe to say that people with Alzheimer's, you know, that can get to be in a really intense situation. And as far as their spiritual life goes, we can't really say what it's like, but as far as how they're operating that we can see, like, I would venture to say that their spiritual life isn't this thing that's, you know, I mean, they're not going to, the encouragement for them isn't going to be, you need to go get into community, right? And I think it's safe to say that, not that there's lesser versions of Alzheimer's, but there is, yeah, there's versions. It's progressive. Of, yeah, it's, 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 that is one example of a mental illness that is progressive. And so can people have level six Alzheimer's, level seven Alzheimer's, or level six, level seven major depressive disorder around the world? And these people, their encouragement might just, it may not be the first step for them to get back into community. It may be let's get your brain chemistry in order, whatever that might look like for you. Um, because mental illness is a legitimate thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to identify that first, you know, what are we dealing with? Then you can, I think, rationally kind of assess what's the next, what's the correct next step for them. I think that obviously the full picture is going to be, you know, community. It's going to be all the different health factors, right? Doing, pursuing all the things that we know are good and right. And, um, but you can't, you can't, I think, do those things if things are out of whack in here mm -hmm. in, in your head. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I think that that's just, you know, our broken human bodies and minds. And yeah. it's been really, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, the Lord is wanting to bring healing and, um, answers for people. Um, and, um, yeah, I see it. I see it coming and I see it happening and it's different people aren't yeah like i mean there's 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 still uh and uh more understanding that needs to come around sure for all of it and i think it's which is completely fair um and it's just kind of a vague and kind of weird like i don't know if i can even trust that mental illness exists and that's why i like to use the example of alzheimer's because that's obvious <clears throat> um that's pretty darn obvious like that's something that yeah. can happen so it's mm -hmm. safe to say that version Five, six, you know, seven. Right, right. Or it can also, yeah, yeah, you know, happen. So, yeah. Uh, so, man, we could go down this. Yeah, yeah. you and I, I could go down, down this for a sorry long to time. Take, uh, We're no, gonna take the reins with all that, but no, we could go down that rabbit trail for yeah. a long time. I can't just came out of it. This is what my class, last class, has oh, been. Wow. So I could go down this oh, wow. trail That's with cool. you for a long time. But he's, you're absolutely right in that there's certain mental illness labels. Right, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, uh, ADHD falls into that. You know, there's there's some that they can say, "Hey, this there's some there's something there," but we can't pinpoint why it's a disease. There's no pathology behind it per se, but it's a real thing. 
I grew up in a home with mental illness. My mother struggled mm-hmm. with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it my whole my whole life. Long as she was on medication, medication helped her. So there is some there's some there's some progressive steps. Look, we we're not going to take someone who's full blown manic episode and stick them in a community group and yeah. then probably benefit from it. Right. You have to get them into some kind of counseling or some kind of one on one where they can work through some things, like you're saying, Bradley, and and get some get some tools, and um, and and it, it may be medical, maybe. Uh, that they need some medicine to help re- get them regulated, and it may not be a long term thing. It may be permanent. My mother was permanent, you know, and loved the Lord like nobody else. But when she was off her medicine, she was crazy. Yeah, I mean, bottom line. And so it's a progressiveness that we have to move them along. And then it, there is a point in time, I think, uh, where. You know, okay, now it's time for some community. You need some you need some people. And it may not be a public community setting where you come to the men's group. It may be getting some community in a smaller yeah. setting. Hey, let's find you a, a two or three pe- couples at church or two or three men that you feel comfortable with and and moving them out of that de- depression and or at least Giving them tools to cope with it, yeah, that anxiety. Good. I can, that's good. I can, I can definitely um, say that it's been, it's been hard being away from community. Yeah, y'all. I mean, it's well, it's not it's, scriptural. No, yeah. it's not. We're not meant to do life alone. We're supposed and, to be in fellowship, but, but we do go through dry seasons. Absolutely, so life isn't always going to look yeah a certain way. That's yeah, good. this has been a good one, man. Yeah. Yeah, we sort of took a, a left turn there, but I think it was a good, definitely covered all of the bases. The conversation covered all the bases. So I like I liked, I liked that process. So in summation, just if we had to go around the table and just say one thing to, to the guy at the mall, what do you say to as far as being a spiritual leader? You want me to lead it? Because I have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple, but yeah. I'm trying to narrow it down. Yeah. My advice was to her was tell him to seek the seek God in His own relationship, and then because if your cup is empty, you will never have, and you will, you will, you won't have anything to offer your yep. wife. Yep. But once you seek your own relationship and work on yourself, which is the only person that you can change. Then you can you you'll have something to offer your wife as far as leadership goes. Yeah, I think I would uh, probably throw out there: um, don't make it more complicated than it has to be. You know, make make small choices, small steps where you hey, just read her a verse. If mm-hmm. that's all you got, read one verse together because yep. you're both going to benefit from it. Yeah, you know, hey. Pray just a simple prayer. Start praying at dinner time, whatever. Just start making some simple, small changes. Quit, quit. We we complicate things so much. Praying together, that's yeah, a good. Yeah. I think it's huge. Totally. I think presenting humility. I'm on that kick for sure. And Lisa will listen to this and be like, "Man, he could be better." <laughs> but but we all could. We yeah, all. <laughs> just presenting humility and and being humble, being the servant. And just allow 
nature to take its course in regards to that. Yeah, I think I'm going to hit it home with just prayer again. I think you can never underestimate the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. I think you should pray about everything. Yeah. Um, Pray about your desire to pray. Yes. Pray about remembering to pray. Pray about, um, yeah, spiritual growth for yourself, spiritual growth for your wife, for your kids. Yeah. You can do it. Pray. I mean, there's no limit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just praying with your wife and the prayer could be like, God, we have no idea what we're doing. Yep. But yes. you do. Complete honesty. And right. we need you. That's yep. right. Yep. That's so, good. I love that. Awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. Sign off and we'll, I we'll, guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely. Are we doing a second part of this or? No. No. This no, is no. The gr- I think the, the plan was is the girls might get together. Oh, okay. And talk about not necessarily what it looks like for our husbands to be leaders, but kind of along those lines of what does it look like in your marriage? Cool. Awesome. So, anyways, but that's awesome. It. All right. We'll see you next time. Good deal. Love you guys. Love you guys. See ya. Yeah.